Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Today, our amazing guest is Leah Torbert, and she's going to talk to us about her misadventures and adventures through the entrepreneurial ecosystem, about her business, about how she got started, and just what she's doing and how she's getting stuff done. Leah, I would love for you to give us an introduction, you know, two to three minute introduction about who you are and what got you started. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Again, my name is Leah Torbert. I am the owner of Harrington Strategic Partners. And what I do is I work with solopreneurs and small business owners one-on-one to help them build out all of the infrastructure that they're going to need for their businesses to actually scale. What I found in my career, and then again, working with my clients, a lot of small business owners, you know, you get out there, you've got a great idea. Idea, you're really passionate about what you do and what you want to do to help people in the world, but you don't necessarily have a great business background. So you may be a wonderful plumber, or you might be an amazing nutritionist, but you don't know anything about accounting or HR or helping the people that work for you and hiring and all those tons and tons of things that you have to do every day. And so what I do is I go in and, and help put a structure in place, help get consistent processes and training and software and things like that to really help put the infrastructure and the foundation of the business so that as the owner, you can go out and focus on what you do best and leave all that other stuff you know, to, to someone else and automate what you can so you can grow your business. Nice. That is truly amazing. And I do similar work in that sector as well, because so oftentimes, you know, business owners are spending too much time doing all the little stuff when they should be yes. closing the big deals <laughs> and truly getting stuff done and growing the company. Cause that, that right there stunts a lot of the growth and, you know, they just feel stuck when it's not the product or the service is a problem. It's the systems behind the product and mm-hmm. service. That's the issue. Cool. Um, and I see here, you know, you started this when you were pretty young, about 17 years old. Could you talk to us a little bit about how you got your start in the startup ecosystem? Well, I just completely at random, I was hired to work for a bookstore that was right down the street from me. And originally it was just supposed to be a seasonal job, come in and help handle through the, you know, Christmas, uh, you know, season to, you know, just overflow work. And I hit it off really well with the owner of the company and the bookstore had only been open about a year. And we decided that I was going to stay on and I stayed with them full time until I was right around 26 and then part-time until the store closed several years later because I just loved it so much and I got so much out of it. But 
ultimately what I ended up doing was reorganizing the way the entire store was run, really looking at how customers needed to find the books that they were looking for, the kinds of questions that they would ask, and really making sure that we had an amazing environment for our customers when they came in and that we would be able to help them very, very quickly find what they do. Uh, it was not always the easiest thing. Uh, the owner of the store, he's still a mentor to me now. Uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world, but we didn't always get along, didn't always <laughs> see eye to eye on how things should be run because he was very much a, well, we're a bookstore. If they want a book, they'll come in kind of guy. And I was like, well, if we want to sell more, maybe we need to do some things to just make it easier for them to find what they're looking for. And ultimately we did that. We had over 125,000 books in stock and we didn't have a computer inventory. So we really had to know where it was when they came in. Otherwise we would, we'd lose the sale because we, we weren't able to help them right away. Wow. So that's so amazing that you're able to kind of like talk through and just help them to get that done. Because I know, do you have any like percentages or anything to kind of just shout out how much it increased through that that change that you made? Well, I'd say somewhere between 15 and 20 percent increase in sales overall, but our our customer satisfaction you know went through the roof because we you know, we're a local store and people would continue to come in, so we developed a relationship with them and over time we'd be able to anticipate what they needed we could set things aside for them and they would know based off of you know who is there that day like who's the expert in what section you know so they'd know right away who they could talk to and it just it was a much friendlier environment for everybody to come in instead of your like Barnes and Noble type where it's just all right we'll look at in the computer and if it's not here it's not here Nice. So they, you know, you were able to help them keep that personal touch that they offered before while using the technology to kind of speed up the process. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. Nice. Um, now what I want to do is take a little shift of gears a little bit and start talking about your misadventures. So, you know, we talked about, you know, how you got that, the, the nice part done, but if we could talk a little bit about the, what's the craziest entrepreneurial event journey that you've had so far. Uh, I'd say the craziest one from a, a potential client standpoint, I met a young lady at a networking event who told me that you know, she was being recruited for a project and she didn't really feel like she was the best person for it. And so she introduced me to the gentleman that she'd been talking to. He was in the hard money lending industry, which if you're not familiar with that, um, the idea is if you want to, you know, uh, be a house flipper, if you want to buy, uh, you know, real estate and, you know, for investment purposes, you can't always go through traditional lending. So you go to a hard money lender. The, the, the financing behind those kinds of things is just a little bit different. And what he was looking to do was to scale his business from being a, a local lender to statewide and then eventually nationwide. And we had mm. some amazing conversations and we were talking about the vision of his company and where he wanted it to go. And, you know, things just seemed really great. It was like one of those perfect uh, synergistic relationships. We were going to, you know, take over the world. It was going to be amazing, uh, you know, business relationship for both of us. But what I found out was that he had kind of misrepresented himself a little bit as far as how big his company was. And, Ultimately, 
you know, I, I had invested a lot of time in the client and found out that he really couldn't afford the services that we'd been talking about. And he made me an offer to work for free for a couple of years and then you know, <laughs> uh, you know, earn some kind of uh, commission or, you know, ownership percentage, you know, when things actually started making money. And, you know, in, in a different time or place, you know, some kind of you know, investment like that might have been attractive. But you know, when I'm first starting my own company out and trying to build my own client base, I was a little disappointed. You know, so it, it taught me some lessons on uh, some different kinds of questions to ask to, to get some clarification up front before you really invest a lot of time into putting proposals together. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because time (laughs) is money. And clearly somebody did not have the money (laughs) but wanted your time. I don't know. Um, I think also that 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 goes into integrity, right? Because he didn't allow you the space to properly make a decision before you did the work. Because again, he wasn't forthcoming with the information that he gave you. So you're assuming based on information that was given, that the compensation would be there and for him to just kind of like now last minute after you've done putting who knows how many hours he's like oh by the way about that that payment plan so that's Mm -hmm. you know that's definitely unfair and I see people do that a lot of the times and take advantage of you know early startup companies or new um early stage entrepreneurs and it's like there is a time and place for that so I wanted to kind of talk about that in the sense of um Everyone is now like attacking when people say, oh, this is an experience-based opportunity or an equity-based opportunity. Could you talk a little bit about uh, something that would be a good like equity-based or um, experience-based opportunity? And have you ever had one of those versus, you know, just, hey, do a whole bunch of work for for no money? Like, when is it a good time to, to say, yes, I'll take the experience. Yes, I'll take the the, the, the exposure or the equity? Well, I think a, a good time for that would be if you're trying to move into a new market where you don't have a solid reputation. So you can, you, know, you have transferable skills. Uh, you know, what I do, I can work with just about anybody, any industry, but a lot of times they want They want to talk to people that you've worked with before to see how things worked for them, just to get an idea of what your Mm -hmm. process is. So if they're, if they, if they have a unique industry, you know, if it's something that's not readily transferable, I think that would be a good idea. And I have done that. Uh, I decided as one of my, my markets that I wanted to move into uh, health and wellness. And so I negotiated a, a smaller payment for the work in order to you know get the client and get the experience I needed that way I could learn about the industry and how the inner workings go and, and just get some experience working there to where I could actually reach out to other clients and build a business there nice so I just wanted to reiterate for the listeners you know see what's in it for you right we Leah's looked at, holistically looked at the situation and said, okay, what can I get out of this in the long run, right? Not just giving your time and money for free because there was like a beneficial exchange for this. She wanted to yes. infiltrate that that industry and was able to do that and you know was able to knock down the price point 
uh, a bit lower but then the, the value that she got because now future customers from that industry because she had like a portfolio piece or something to truly upsell her her products and services in the future made it make sense so guys make it make sense when you're doing um work in exchange for equity exposure or uh, or experience absolutely yeah and then um i wanted to talk about now you know your your company why what's behind the name um harrington strategic partners well a lot of people ask me that (laughs) and the first thing i always tell everybody is no one can spell my name Uh, my mother you know the the running joke in the family is that my mom just really likes vowels she crammed as many (laughs) vowels in my first name as she could come up with and i didn't want to name my company after myself because then they they'd never be able to find me online um so I was, I was kind of brainstorming with a buddy of mine one night because I, I didn't really want to go for the, the trendy uh, jingle type name. It really didn't fit with what I was trying to do with my business. And you know, buddy of mine, he's like, you, you read a lot. You're very well read. You love you know, doing that kind of thing. He's like, is there a book character that you can identify with that you, know, you might you could use and immediately Harrington popped into my head. Uh, Honor Harrington is the main character for a sci-fi series by David Weber. And she is a tough as nails, tenacious, go-getter. She doesn't let anybody get in her way. She's honorable. She you know, takes care of her friends and her family. And she is just an amazing individual and a wonderful role model. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to build this business and stand for something, I mean, everything she is and does is exactly what I would want my company to be. And so Harrington was born. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy I asked. I'm happy I asked. Um, that's a really good story. I really like that. <laughs> Versus, you know, there's, there's many reasons we come up with names, you know, I saw it on a truck and it it just struck out to me, you know, the names of our companies, mm-hmm. there's many reasons why we come up with them, but that's a really interesting name and just tying it back into um, the productivity aspect of getting stuff done. And so now I want to tr- dive a little deeper and ask you, you know, what are some positive adventures that you've had on this entrepreneurial journey um, that, made it so you know this is that you know that this is where you belong and you know you told me entrepreneurship you didn't choose entrepreneurship you know the path just kind of happened and it it essentially it chose you so like what are some of the signs that affirm that 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 like saying that that it chose you Mm um i would say yeah i have tried several times in my career to leave the (laughs) entrepreneurial environment, the startup environment. And every single time I've tried, it has not gone well. You know, I've, I've found a company that seemed like it was where I thought I wanted to be. I had this big idea that I was going to, you know, get into corporate and move up the ladder and that's how you made money. And, you know, I was younger at the time. I didn't really understand, uh, you know, some of the other things besides money that you look for. And I was successful. I got the roles. And even just four or five weeks into it, I knew that I'd made a huge mistake. Uh, It just, I worked in several different companies just trying, oh, you know, maybe it's just the the environment here. No, it just, 
I, I don't belong in that kind of environment. I love being a change agent. I love having the ability to work with people one-on-one -on -one and see them grow to look at how the company is changing and moving in the direction that we actually want it to and being part of something bigger. I mean, when you, when you work in the startup world, you're affecting very, very closely everyone around you. You know, you're, you're impacting people's lives, their careers, their families, and you, you get to hear those stories one-on-one. -on -one. When you work in the corporate environment, you, you miss out on that. You're, yeah. you're just a number. You're a cog in the, the bigger machine. It's, it's really hard to see how you're having that critical impact. But in the startup world, if you're good at what you do, uh, you can see that every day. Yeah, 100%. And I think as you know the ecosystems change and as the workforce changes people are starting to realize and have like these portfolio careers um I, I think someone coined it as where it's like you're not working at one organization for you know the 30 40 50 years as people previously did it's like you know you may be working at a contract or at an organization for maybe five six years tops and then you're moving on to your next thing your next industry your next career you're starting a business you're shutting it you know you're exiting the business you're shutting it down you're moving on to your next venture so it's just being okay and accepting like kind of the path for you and knowing that you know once an entrepreneur always an entrepreneur and that doesn't take away from you if you do like a corporate job for a while and or if you want to be in a more structured environment because entrepreneurship is not easy even though when you are the ceo and you are in charge and even if your company is making millions billions of dollars a year this crazy up and down like literally just never never stops <laughs> um, even no, if your employees have structure you as the entrepreneur you're still like oh my gosh i need a sick day or a 12. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you are that foundational piece to 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 you know you mentioned like the, being a part of like the cog you are the machine like you cannot go anywhere really like you are the entire machine so it's like what are you going to choose at this point in time you're going to be a part of the machine or are you going to be the machine the machine so mm -hmm. um being open to that adventure and that change is really is really key and important and then what has your support system been like throughout your journey as an entrepreneur did you always have support from family and friends and you said you know you transitioned slowly from the or company that you were working from at before but were there anyone in your circle that doubted you said you know hey i think you should stay at this company stability hello what are you doing oh absolutely i i think my mom thought i lost my mind when i told her <laughs> i was walking away from a six-figure job to start my own business uh, it, it's just something for her, especially for her generation, you know, they're, they're not geared that way. And for her, it's like, but, but you're making the money. You, you work at a stable company. You seem like you've achieved everything that you set out to, like, why would you leave? And, and trying to explain it to people that just don't have the desire to try something new, to see what you're truly capable of and push the limits it can be very difficult, but I've been fortunate that I have several key people in my, my circle, you know, 
several close friends that own their own businesses, or if they don't, they're at least very supportive of my desire to. Uh, my boyfriend has been absolutely amazing in, in listening to me in all the ups and downs of everything that has happened since I started Harrington. And I have met a rock solid, amazing group of women here in Houston. And we have developed our own accountability circle. We meet every week, usually by Zoom. And we just, you know, we talk about what our goals for the week are, what we accomplished, you know, all the different things that, you know, it's working great or it's not working so much. And we can ask for advice and guidance and help each other. And that has been just really key to maintaining my calm and my joy in all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Nice. That's really good. Cause having that support system is everything. And we, as, as you mentioned, you know, you find that you, it could be digitally, it could be in person, it could be family friends. Sometimes it's not family friends and it's, and it's, it's okay um, to, to have like diversity amongst who's in your circle, where they come from, but just having a support system is so essential for every entrepreneur because it gets scary and it will get lonely. And then you'll overthink, you'll doubt, think you'll doubt, you'll feel like, you know, what the heck am I doing? You'll feel like mm -hmm. you want to quit <laughs> more often than you might think. Um, but just having that support system to kind of help you keep it pushing, keep it going and know that at the other side of this is something great is really essential. Yes. Um, as we are coming up on the end of the interview, I like to ask two more questions. Um, the first question is what are your hopes for the next like four to five years as an entrepreneur? And do you have any, um, you know, big projects coming in the loop that you'd like to share with us? Well, I'll start with the projects first. Uh, I am in the in the middle of a transition in my business. Up until this point, I primarily worked in a one-on-one a -on -one consulting and coaching standpoint. And I will still do that uh, if I find the right clients. But what I've found is that a lot of people that I meet desperately need the help, but they're not in a financial position because they are in a startup environment to be able to work with a consultant one-on-one. -on -one. So I'm building out an online program that it's going to be similar to like a small business MBA to where you can go through the courses and build those skills in that you haven't learned in whatever journey has gotten you to where you are so that you can understand the different aspects of your business and be better able to actually hire people when you get to that point that can help you. But also uh, to, if you're in the professional world and you're considering entrepreneurship or maybe a career change, then the classes could help you there as well. And I'm, I'm building out a productivity mastermind that is going to be launching in July. That's going to be absolutely amazing. It's built off of the 12 week year by Brian Moran. If you haven't read that yet, you absolutely should. It, it is just a, a complete growth hack on how to get things accomplished in a short amount of time. And I'm hoping to help bring that to more people. Um, nice. Long term, what I'm looking to do, you know, I don't, I don't have any intention of, you know, working from the beach on, on <laughs> or anything like that. You know, I, I, I would really like to become 
an influencer and a speaker and really really help support women especially in their their entrepreneurial journey you know we we don't have the kind of support system that we need all the time and i think the more women that are out there showing that it can be done and being real about it and being open about these struggles that we have to go through i think that's really important so i would like to really spend some time once i get my business scaled and i can support taking the time away from it to to work on that side i see myself spending a lot of time there nice awesome i think you know you'd be a good fit for that and i look forward to hearing more about the course and guys um there should be some links by the time this interview is released there should be some links in the caption section for you to check it out as well and maybe even participate and sign up for that um and the final question is what pieces of advice tangible steps like actionable things you want to leave the audience with for you know maybe a piece of homework for them to do or something that they should always keep at the top of mind as as an entrepreneur as a doer I'd say the most important thing that I've learned in my journey outside of making sure that you have a support circle is being very clear on what you need to do. I think that having your days lined out, having your activities blocked on your calendar, being very clear on how much time you need to allocate to the different areas of your business to really support the level of success that you're looking for. I think that's key because we wear so many different hats every day. You know, we are marketing, we are sales, we are purchasing, we are distribution. We're, we're all of these things that maybe in another life we had people to help us with. And so we, we have to automate everything that we can be clear on what our processes are and just try not to fall victim to the the squirrel mentality and jump from thing to thing in a you know putting out fires you know be really consistent and deliberate with where we're spending our time definitely 100% agree with that and I think that is a really good piece of advice and a tangible stuff for people to take. Thank you so much, Leah, for being here with us today on doing the most of misadventures of entrepreneurship. Guys, listeners, we'll catch you next time for another episode. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.